Okay, welcome to the third season of Peace Off, the official podcast of Fantasy Ski Racer. Coming at you this year with a little bit of a different format. Um, for starters, Willie B is not with us today. Will's uh, has left his post as the head U16 coach at Sun Valley Ski Ed and is now the head Western Region coach and has that schedule has since taken him off into far outlands. He also, you know, due to his fabulous commentary and work on the Peace Off program, uh, has earned him spot, himself a spot with NBC doing a lot of broadcasting. I'm still waiting for my call, but it's okay. I can grind it out with Peace Off and, and all these viewers I can't see, which is just fine. Um, anyway, uh, I, James Taco Totkus, am here today with uh, Joe Dunn, who is the head U16 coach of Park City, um, as well as a longtime industry um, personality. Joe, is that a good way of saying it? Industry, sure. Industry. Yeah, sounds great. <laughs> uh, as well as a uh, very successful NCAA racer. Now, Joe, before I we start getting on to you, I just also would like to uh, tell the listeners that we are changing the format of the program this year. Uh, basically, we are going to kind of stop the element of the podcast, which we, which really is how we're defined as fantasy ski racer um, and and deciding fantasy picks. But um, we, uh, Will and I, and you know, of course, some conversations with you, Joe, um, have decided that we might our efforts might be best put towards discussing ski racing as a whole rather than um, trying to keep up with every single race, everything, every single athlete. Um, there is a lot to talk about, and believe us, we will still continue pieces of that. However, it will be less of a focus. Um, we would, we're going to have different guests, hopefully, um, but either way, it's really going to be, we're going to stick to the ranting format of just a few topics in an episode and go from there. Okay, so Joe Dunn is here. Joe Dunn. Talk about Joe Dunn. I'm uh, really excited to be here. Um, I have to admit that I was not much of a fantasy uh, ski racer uh, myself. Um, and judging by my fantasy football team this year, there's a reason why. Um, found it pretty difficult to, to make my fantasy ski racing picks, but uh, I love watching ski racing. I've been a fan of it. Um really my whole life, you know, and uh, just, yeah, ex- excited to get on board here. Excited to talk about some of this stuff. I definitely I watched the industry. I was in the industry of skiing um, on the retail side, and uh, I've really kind of gotten back to my roots as a coach, and uh, this is this is where I belong. So, yeah, psyched. Joe, I appreciate your passion and description of, of how you describe yourself. However, I believe you're a little bit understated. Let me pump you up a little bit. Uh, Joe Dunn is definitely a ski racing savant, and given his current coaching role in, at Park City Ski Team, I think that uh, it's fair to say that Joe has certainly earned himself the respect and um, uh, ability to definitely be a part of a podcast like this. And I think what's fun about having you a part of this, Joe, is that I know for you, for a long time, had the idea of wanting to do a podcast yourself. So um, hopefully we could fulfill a little bit of that for you here as well. Ah, thanks, James. Yeah, happy to be a part of it. And as uh, long as I can fill in and make up for Willie B, I am happy to be here and doing it. 
Well, that's just the kind of enthusiasm we need. Caffeinated enthusiasm. That's right. Um, okay, so Joe, you just got back from uh, Snow King in Jackson, Wyoming, where you had uh, your first four-day series of the season. Um, and we are all very aware that the West is starving for snow. Some places are doing better than others, courtesy of man-made snow. Um, also, a lot of... Uh, you know, there's a lot of pieces to this puzzle, but, you know, between early season prep, um, you know, lack of snow, is there snow each year is different, but what are your thoughts right now? Um, given the fact that you just got back from this series, given the fact that maybe there's not a whole lot of snow right now, uh, or confirmed there isn't a whole lot of snow right now. What, what, what are your thoughts right now on early season racing from your perspective? Uh, you know, it, it's, it's, it's tough. These early season races are really difficult to get prepared for. And, you know, even that Eric Hayes race that we just came back from in Snow King was originally scheduled to be in Park City, as it always is. And now we're and I think this is the third, three out of the last four years that that race has been moved up to Snow King. And thank goodness we have Snow King in the West. It's kind of like uh, the sugar loaf of the East of where you schedule some races and then they don't have snow. And you know, lo and behold, there's Snow King or Sugarloaf to blow some snow and get you up high and get your ski racing. So, you know, huge shout out to Snow King and um, their team for putting it on. But uh, the fact that we're having to move this race so often um, from Park City, uh, a major player in the ski world, is really telling as to wh- what's going on in the in, in snow sports, really, as a, as a greater whole, right? Uh it's getting warmer and there's less snow early and so now we're chasing more and more snow and and moving camps to colorado and then having camps scheduled in other places and then they get moved again and we're really struggling and running around to get training to get prepped for a race that's you know starting december 16th it's difficult yeah absolutely i mean you know i think you know do you, do you feel like in some regard that um, perhaps Vale, uh, company might have a little bit to do with it, or do you really think they, they really can't be like, they could put all the effort to- into it as they want, but it's still just given the current, current climate, uh, we can't, they can't literally pull it off. Oh, uh, no, this isn't falling on Vale company at all. This is definitely a climate issue. Um, there was not the temperatures. Mm-hmm. to get snow on that trail, on, on Payday Trail of Park City. Um, you know, I think they're doing all they can to get the resort open. Mm-hmm. Um, but the temperatures just weren't there. I mean, it was 45 degrees in the middle of December. It was hot. So, Joe, now I, I realize that you guys make a pretty good effort to get to Colorado. Um, you know, it's it's a long jaunt, but it's fairly easy just across the way there. Um was your prep period, do you feel like your prep period was a, a, a piecemeal or like adequate or like what, what kind of skiing are you seeing right now out of your athletes at the U16 level at this time of the year right now? I think we, we go into the fall with a pretty good plan, right? So right before Thanksgiving, uh, we head to Colorado and we look for a four-day four block of slalom. Um, Really, it's a little bit return to snow for maybe some of the athletes that didn't ski in the summer. Get them up to speed with a little bit of free skiing, and then we move into some gates. And then you're hoping that three weeks later, 
we go up to Jackson and we get a four day GS block. And then after that camp, we come home and then we, and then we really start with our race prep with foam and GS on home snow, kids sleeping in their own beds and really start talking about ski racing. Bring it um, out coach Brower. Uh, you know, I don't really like bringing coach Brower out till, uh, at least the second camp and then really just kind of rolling into race prep, especially for U 16s. Yeah. You know, the fear of the clock is definitely a very real thing. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, late season, you know, I'm hammering them with coach Brower and making sure that they're ready and they're not afraid of the clock anymore. Yeah. But, uh, early season, certainly much more emphasis on the fundamentals, trying to get kids feeling good on their new equipment, which is another big thing. Um, and just feeling good about themselves so that when the clock does show up, that they're confident, ready, and can actually utilize it versus just, uh, I don't know, you see some of these kids just freaking out, crumbling under it. And now and you've been back into the coaching game for a while now, and uh, of course running the show uh, now down there. But, I mean, from year to year, and you know now – we're speaking towards experience where this three out of four years is head up, head back up to snow King, this race particularly. And now for, for the listeners, I mean, we're not trying to just uh, segregate inner mountain uh, from the rest of you. Everybody's got their own perspectives of this, whether or not you're in New Hampshire or Vermont or Colorado, where, you know, you've got Pat Hardy races, you've got everybody in every division right now has a, a particular race series right now where they're challenged in the same way right now. So um, we're using our perspective to to uh, empathize with, with y'all, uh, for lack of better uh, phrasing. But, um, Joe, do you think that over the years, I mean, do you see um, things changing or do you see – or do you see like – some years, like things put together a little bit better than others. Like, what's what's different right now, year to year, going into these early season races for you? Uh, I just, it's getting worse, right? Like, it's getting warmer. Winners keep coming later and later. Um, whatever that be, is it is it the global warming, climate change, whatever? That's a whole nother situation. But the fact of the matter is, it's getting tougher and tougher to run these early races. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Then it gets to the question, okay, why do we keep scheduling them? If we're watching a trend and it's getting worse and worse and more and more difficult, um, why do we keep putting races on the schedule before Christmas? Mm-hmm. And, and I think what, looking at the prep period, why do we keep on prepping for races that are coming into question of whether we, we're even going to run them? And you know, should we just say something crazy like, okay, you 16s aren't going to race till January 1st. Well, I, I, I do, I do, I, 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 I do understand where you're coming from, but I also think that, um, the idea of these USSA points and, you know, seeding does come into question and that pre Christmas racing does give U16s an opportunity to get point races to set themselves up for um, qualifiers that come in January, so if you don't have a rate, some an opportunity to get points from faster skiers who are like, let's say, the fist age, um, how how are you helping your seeding going into your qualifying season? Oh, geez, I mean, this is you're, you're it's like you had an ear on coach's knoll. 
uh, <laughs> over the last weekend. Um, this is this is main point of discussion from all the coaches, and uh, you know, particularly Todd Brixen down at Wilmark. We had a long discussion about this. You know, how do we balance this? Okay, we want to get points. We want to get the kids seated. Um, we want to improve our division. We want to make sure that our division is competitive with the country. You know, I look at our division. Our top skiers are ranked somewhere at the bottom of the top ten, and and then we go to nationals and we compete very well against skiers all over the country. Mm-hmm. So there's situations where uh, the Vail kids have very good points. Uh, some of the East Coast kids have very good points because they have access and they see kids with better point profiles more often. In the Intermountain Division, we're not seeing those kids as, as much, especially with the moving of the RKs. Mm-hmm. Uh, Park City, we get the U kids that'll come in, help our point profiles. But we just raced up in Snow King, and we had a handful of Fisk kids up there. And in my opinion, on one of the slalom days, Max Miller was a winner. He had a really skiing really, really strong slalom. Looked to me like he's skiing about 40 points, and then we have a 60-point penalty. So everyone in the race, it, it looks like they're getting docked 20 points. So are we even helping with these early races if we have kids who are really skiing up to speed really, really well, but without a mature point profile setting the pace? Well, I so think if you don't have full-on you know, college kids or, or older athletes in the race, are, are you doing them any good by hosting this early race? Well, I think from a fundamental standpoint too, though, Joe, and now I'm really starting to play devil's advocate because now I'm on the other side of the coin here where I think that, you know, first of all, I think it's better to have a kid that has a higher point profile that doesn't reflect how good, how much lower they could be versus the other way around. A kid with a very low point profile who can't ski those points. There's something very dishonest about that, that everybody seems to kind of uh, be fairly critical of. I think at the same time, though, you know. See, I'll disagree with you right there. I love a point giveaway. <laughs> you do. I mean, I mean, giveaways, they really set the tone. They're how many kids go to a giveaway, they get free points, and then they step up to it, and they achieve. And, and those are the kids that, that you want. You want the kid to get a 40 in a pretty easy race, get a higher start bib, and then all of a sudden their career takes off. Yeah. Okay. And I, I appreciate that positive uh, point of view. I think that on some level that, um, you know, I guess, I guess my head was more when I was arguing against that is, is that, um, just the polar, the polar end of that, you know, uh, you know, I, I've been skiing 50 points for the last two seasons. All of a sudden I score a 20 and now I'm starting in the C, but barely finishing in the flip. You know, sure. and I think that's that's definitely like, you know, some of these uh, pro- profiles that people are getting from Lutzen, for instance, like how honest are those all the time? You know, uh, yeah, you know, I'll, I'll take those kids, you know, because the good kids will take those points away. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, from a U14 standpoint I, here, my, here, here and we said this as we were talking about how we were going to format, the, you know, the discussion today. And I, I just feel like the younger you are the less of an advantage it is. The older you get, the more, because on some level, you know, you need to race to train. You do need to get in that start gate. Doesn't matter what the points are. Doesn't matter who's at the race. You got to have the bib on in the start, race already, go uh, to get your head ready for the season. And I think 
racing periodically, like every two weeks, which is how a lot of these development schedules work. You know, it gives you an opportunity to test yourself, see where you're at. Okay, this is working. This isn't working. Come home, work, put the, try to put those pieces more together and go to the next series. Um, I think we also get caught up when you start throwing this idea of points into the, into the mix versus just the idea of development. You want to create more opportunities. You want to get to more of those giveaways. You want to be there versus just going to the race, whatever your local race is, um, getting in that starting gate and developing as a ski racer. I think that, you know, there's a lot of different people that prescribe to both schools of thought um, because if you are that good, it'll come. Certainly. All the right. cream does always rise to the top. The cream, that's, and that I think has been a, <laughs> a, a fundamental um, cornerstone of American ski racing for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, well, now let's take it back to, to development and the prep period and what, you know, so what do you do with the U14? Like, is it appropriate for U14 to have two travel camps leading into the first race of the series of the season? Because that's where the points are. You know, how much are we asking of these? Because I know at Park City, our U16s are getting two prep camps and hopefully some home training going into this first series because we really recognize it as our one of our main opportunities. Yeah, and I think that that's a big cultural standpoint for you for you guys down down in uh, in the in the Salt Lake you know Park City area because that this race that race series has historically been you know one of your one of your biggest take takeoff points for your seasons. Um, me, I look at it as an opportunity for very few. I mean, I have forty seven kids, um, 20, 20 of which are eligible to race. Uh, at that race and of that we sent four and that was after a very very long discussion with both the athletes and their parents to determine that yes this was going to be um, however we looked at it a positive experience for them building on their season now I also sent out an essay to my, my entire program this year saying we will not support this race now and that to me is comes from a U14 standpoint not a U16 standpoint so I definitely think that you know, it, there there is a level of appropriateness and expectation that occurs with you guys that, you know, you, you, where I think it's okay to, to really pursue something like that. For us, I look at it as, you know, we have a home camp before Thanksgiving. Um, typically, if uh, of the three years that I've been here, it's gone off twice. Um, and, you know, we have not supplemented it in the year that it didn't occur. Um, but I prefer that we stay right here. Um, Sun Valley has been very good about getting us uh, early season man-made snow. And to me, we're look, you're looking at a six-week block of, of fundamentals and skill development before you go to your first race series. And now I realize you need to race to train in, in some regards, and I'm a big uh, fan of that. But at this age group, it's, you know, you, developing – the appropriate the appropriate skill set is so much more important than getting in the starting gate because you're in such a more it's it's a much more vulnerable development um, motor skill development age so making sure that you have a strong inside half or good ankle flexion or, or have a develop or developing a better awareness of what the top of the boot is you know spending a couple weeks just focusing on that you know is going to do the kid so much more. Um, you know, make it be so much more helpful in the long run, you know, 
going into the season and for the years to come rather than ignoring that and trying to hustle to get ready for a race series. I, I absolutely agree. So I, like getting kids to ski well before they ski race is, I mean, it should be the number one goal, right? Right. Now looking at ski racing to the, okay, you got to get in the start gate to gain experience. You know, ski racing is a game mm-hmm. just like anything else. And you got to learn to play the game. You got to learn to go out and compete, right? Put your best effort out in two one minute time periods throughout the day, right? Mm-hmm. Learning how to, to prepare yourself in the morning, what your warm up looks like, um, to what you eat at lunch, how well you're fueling yourself, and then maintaining focus through a, a four hour, you know, time block from when you arrive to the mountain and when you take your second run. Absolutely. It's, and so th- that experience is is so important. Um, and then, but where's the balance, right? Between, okay, this kid's not really prepped and ready, but we want to go get that experience of playing the game. So we're going to send you, but the expectations are very low. Right. Now, th- th- that's certainly a, a valid way to go about it and, and something you, you look at. And I think for about half of my group, that was true. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's the other half that, you know, they're ready to go all the time. Right. And they want it all the time. And in, in some ways it's just, yeah, let's do it. Let's put more races on the schedule. Right. You know, I, I mean, I look at it as, and this, I mean, this is a pretty, pretty easy metaphorical thought, but um, it's something that's kind of growing in my mind. And it's just like, why do we have tests in school? Why, when you get a driver's license, do you have a driving and a written test? Why, if, if, if you didn't have those things, could, would you be able to develop those skills uh, the, the same way? I mean, part of it is, you know, I think a lot of us, uh, I think humans are conditioned that we are going to learn the most or we are going to get the most experience with our backs against the wall. So you have to kind of throw that race out there in front of you, throw that test out in front of you to get your head wrapped around the idea of being prepared and that in itself will teach you more about you and your skiing than just staying at home or or just being a training hero you know and of course you know despite the argument i just made for u14s i don't think u14s is a very sensitive age where you do need to be considered the development but i think for you guys that's definitely at the u16 level that's when you need to start developing it because at that point you know maturity level and the drive is, is, you know, I think at the U16 level, athletes have made more of a decision that I love this and this is what I want. It, it certainly is the go year, right? Or the go years where, you know, when the age change came about, it was supposed to be let's add one more junior year. But in my opinion, we actually took one more junior year away. Really? And whereas J3s could have been like, it was still pretty fun loving. You were still getting kids participating through J3s and then and then maybe making a decision at this age. And now you're looking at kids after their second year, 14 year, and going, oh, God, I don't want to go up there to that U16 level where they're doing all these camps and, you know, the, the timing's always out there and the free skiing's cut in half. And, you know, as much as I try and avoid that, um, I think that maybe in that age change, we kind of move backwards where U16 is a full on like, all right, let's start treating this like your sport. You know, the special specialization starts coming in. Um, kids start going to more summer camps. All right. Participating in less high school sports. 
and I know here in Park City where the the demand for specialization is is just crazy with soccer coaches you know not allowing kids to to participate in the team if they're not 100% committed year round okay and so it's kind of driven it's driven that commitment down a year versus extending those junior years by one that's a really great point of view i mean i think part of it too is um to get back to and, and first of all, that's a, that's a that's a thing that's across the country right now. That's not just in that's not just in Park City. That's not just in Sun Valley. That's that's everywhere. Um, and I think that's one thing to kind of recognize when you start looking at sports particip- participation numbers. Like I know in USSA, they're very concerned about athletes staying involved in the sport. Um, but you know, if you look at numbers across the board of any sports, they're all down because. But but what what you do have are athletes that are more committed to it. So, you know, the levels of the sports are going up despite the number of participations going down. And I think bringing it back to just ski racing specific, um, you know, U14s are it's a crazy year. It's a it's a crazy two years um, where I think, you know, you're at a turning point for a lot of athletes where they're making these decisions of whether or not this is my my life path or not, or whether or not I look into the mirror and I see a ski racer. Um, but U16s is still in enough of a bubble where it's like the last couple of years where you might be winning a race, you know, and then you're going up to the face age where you're grinding it out every single day and just making the flip might be the equivalent of winning a race to you or what it was two years ago to you. You know what I mean? And that could turn into a two year battle. Absolutely. Get back to that level, maybe a three, right? Well, hopefully a three. Hopefully, or, or, or and hopefully you're giving it four because you know the the other thing about the age changes is that you never you, you have less opportunity to develop during the high school ages at the fist level because it is another animal. It's like you know, um, you know, I, I did very well in, in high school and then I went to college. In my freshman year, I was I was did not do very well, and that's because I wasn't used to that different academic experience. Same thing with fist racing. Okay, now I'm in the back of the pack. Now instead of um, instead of this course being, you know, kind of uh, skied off, now it's actually grooved up. And how do you have success in a groove from bib 76? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a different game again. The game just changed on you. Yeah, absolutely. And that yeah. takes another, that's another learning curve. Sure, sure. No, I think this uh, this segues okay of what the kids are looking at, where we're at with prep, well into what we actually just saw out there in terms of how well kids were skiing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in slalom, we the entire field is skiing below the gate. Oh yeah, right. Oh, There's absolutely. Maybe three kids at the top, maybe a couple more, maybe a handful more that are really skiing above the gate slalom really well. And so we went through this whole prep period, and we just brought 90% of the field to a ski race that is not skiing. Maybe they're skiing well. Maybe they're going fast, so they're not doing it right. Right, because the urgency to get ready for the race the race season is there. Certainly. And then the other idea of that is after that is if they, if they actually have success with a flawed technique, then they, it's hard to give them – it's hard to – for an athlete to have a reason to change if, if they've determined that it worked. And, and maybe it did work. And certainly you're looking at uh, 20, 20 some kids who made the flip that it, and there might've worked. Yep. 
there it is. No, I'm, I'm successful. I made the flip. Well, okay, are they making the flip because they're skiing well or properly or because everyone else in the field is also skiing below the gate? All right, Joe Dunn with us uh, for the first time, episode one of season three, Peace Off, reformatted the official podcast of Fantasy Ski Racer and therefore also now newly reformatted as the official podcast of ski racing, the sport itself and the development and all the hoopla and nuances that uh, we like to talk about. You know, around beers at, at, after the after the captain's meetings, or you know, at uh, on the side of the hill here. So, uh, you know, I hope um, this new ranting format is more conducive to us and uh, will stimulate better conversation. And uh, I hope you, as a listener, enjoy that as well. Thank you again, Joe, and thank you again, listeners. And we'll connect with you guys shortly with our next episode.